0: the New York Attorney General. Go Attorney General of New York in 2018.
1: Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This illegitimate president. I look forward to going into the office of Attorney General.
0: Now, folks, um, that is the New York Attorney General who yesterday indicted Trump and his kids, by the way, and a few other people uh, on a civil fraud suit up there in New York. Um, that's her running for office in 2018. We're going to talk about that. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Talk about reparations. We're going to talk about what the House is up to. The House has a bunch of bankers up there. And we're going to tell you what they're up to and just a ton of other stuff. I've really loaded for bears per usual, but 40 minutes. We're going to get you all caught up to date with all of the news today. Uh, a little backwards today. Welcome to GameCast for, let's see, what is it, September 22nd, 2022. Beautiful last day of summer. Going to be a warm one. So I hope you have good weather where you are. Folks, that was Letitia James running for office in 2018. Now, I talk about this a lot, folks, and it's important. And I, it's one of the reasons I talk about it. She literally ran. That wasn't just an off here and off there. You heard five or six bites. She literally ran for New York Attorney General claiming that she was going to go after an illegitimate president, going to go after Trump. You heard her every day I'm going to go in and go after Trump and then I'm going to go home. Okay. now she's done that for almost four years because we're inside what we're about, what, 30 plus some odd days from the election. Right. Maybe 40, 42 or so. And folks, after almost four years, well, I guess she didn't take office until a little bit after the election, but almost four years, okay? Almost four years she's done nothing but attack Trump, attack Trump, attack Trump. She's going to get reelected because she's a Democrat and it's New York. She's going to get elected. But also she's going to get elected because that's what people want up there. They don't care that she's not dealing with things that have to do with New York. He doesn't even live there anymore. I'm going to get to we're going to get to the lawsuit. Believe me, we're going to get the lawsuit. It's garbage. Of course, it's garbage. The the, the other bigger point here, and this is the bigger point. See, they always do the same thing. They want power. They want control. What do they do to get it? They have to go after somebody first. It's got to be a Trump and Alex Jones. There's always somebody. They go after that point, point. and then you, if you're not smart, and you fall for the oh well that really that Trump he he does some some bad tweets, and that Alex Jones he would said some crazy things about those shootings, and da 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 they're really coming for you. We're where the money is. We're where the power is. People like Trump may have a lot of money and, and to some extent a lot of power, but that's not really where it is. When you're talking, especially when you're talking about a country of 330 million people, and again, folks, that'd be bad enough if she were just one isolated person. She's not. That is the Democrat Party today. I mean, I could sit here and do every day. In fact, I started doing it and I I didn't complete it yesterday, but I started doing a a daily tweet like the Trump lie of the day. I mean, you could literally do a tweet every day, the Trump lie of the day. Um, For the for example, there's a story out there that the 11th Circuit smacked down Judge Cannon. It's not true. Not true at all. I don't know if I'll get to it today. I hadn't finished been able to finish the opinion, but it's not true. But anyway, folks, that's Letitia James. That's the state of our politics. You run not based on what I'm going to do for you, the citizens of New York. You run based on I'm going to attack this other person. People elect you to do it. Then you go and you you don't really deliver. I mean, all she's got after four years, she's got no crime. It's a civil suit. Okay. That's all she's got. There's a bigger point here, too, I want to make before I move on, and that is a lot of people out there hear this all the time. I heard it last night. I was out with a family member for dinner. I heard it then. Well, Trump, I mean, he just he goes too far. Folks, I've been doing this for a long time. That's why we say we break down the news of the day based on the Constitution, the law and history. You need to know the history, folks. It's all, it's all, they were part of the mantra of the Democrats. This is, listen, this is back when we had a common enemy, okay? Back in the, when it was Nixon and back when it was Reagan, you had a common enemy, which is called communism, the USSR, or, you know, you had that. So a lot of the anger and the hatred was directed towards communism, and it was easy to see, oh, we can't be that. But they also hated Republicans, folks. They did. Go back and look at the things they said about Nixon. Go back and look at the things they said about Reagan. It wasn't no tweeting going on. There wasn't any inappropriate comments going, well, I mean, not, you know, to, the, to what they make Trump out to be. Believe me, Trump is just a later iteration of the branding. And if they if they got rid of Trump, if they indict Trump and I'm I'm now convinced they're going to, if we can get to Larry Tribe, he's going to explain why they have to. But it has nothing to do with the law. It has to do with the the, uh, situation they've created. But, folks, never let never fall for that. And just mark my words. You heard it on this podcast. If Trump doesn't run DeSantis in 2024, be worse than Trump. If Ted Cruz runs, Ted Cruz would be worse than Trump. If uh, Rand Paul worse than Trump, Rubio, you, you just go down the line. That's part of their branding. And all of it is because it is no longer a party that believes in reason or logic or anything rational. And that's part of the reason they're driving us off this inflation cliff and driving us off this energy cliff. And you think, folks, God bless America, because there, there's so many structural things here with our constitution, that we still have that they can't quite pull what they can pull in some other countries. So I don't think they could ever quite get us off. In other words, I think when it really gets bad and people are freezing or they're sweating to death, I think pretty quickly people will be able to turn and and push the tide back. If we were in Europe or some places like that, I don't know that you can. So they're going to end up going off the the deep end there. So moving on with Letitia James, and I'm I'm purposely doing this, folks, because I want you to understand the environment we live in. So she gets up there. This was four years ago. She says, hey, if I get elected, I'm going to go after this guy. So all I'm going to do go after this guy. Now, people elected it. She did it. She got away with it. She got famous. I never heard of this woman, and neither had anybody else, and you know darn well that's true. Now, she's a household name, okay? All right, anyway, so she got famous and all this stuff. So finally, she comes up, and then she does what she does yesterday. We're going to get to the press conference of what she's claiming Trump did. It's absurd. And again, it, when, you, when I tell you what it is, folks, one of the reasons it's scary is I imagine just about everybody listening to my voice and everybody you interact with has done the same daggum thing. And believe me, they go after Trump first, then they decide they want to go after you. You hear those things all the time about communism. We are living it in our, in our own lives right now. Like, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. I used to, okay, <laughs> rubes, third world country. <laughs> that's exactly what we're living right now. Oh, Trump is crime. Oh, uh, Ron DeSantis, that's crime. I, had, I tried to get the Bexar County Sheriff today. I may get him in tomorrow. I don't know. But I, I tried to find him where he said, yeah, I have opened up an investigation. What laws are broken? Well, we don't know yet, but we opened up an investigation. I mean, it's insane. It's like, how can DeSantis break a Texas law? You're a Texas sheriff. But again, it's the same thing as Letitia James. People of Bexar County apparently don't care about Bexar crime, county crime. They care about what Ron Santis is doing over there in Florida. And, and again, not even what he's doing in Florida. What are doing up there in Moss Vineyard? I mean, it, it's literal insanity. I mean, this, But anyway, part of the problem we have is we have a very feckless Republican Party. Now, I want you to understand, folks, that the person you're about to listen to has been demonized to the nth degree. And the network that you're going to listen to him on has been demonized to the nth degree. These are the rascally Republicans in evil Fox News that's right, 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 extreme right wing and should be off the air. They shouldn't even be on the air. We should take their SUV license, right? All this stuff. Now, I want you to listen to this guy. It's Bill Barr, okay, Billy Barr, who I used to respect, all right, and this is Fox News, and I want you to tell me this is the radical extremist right response to co- outright communism by Letitia James and unconstitutional impeachable behavior? Here's the response of the rascally Republicans. Take a listen. Mr. Attorney
2: General, good to have you in today. to, talk to be about here, all yes. This. It would seem that her goal is to bar anybody with the last name Trump from ever working for the Trump organization again. Right. It would seem that her goal is
3: to eviscerate the family business, what do you think of what she's doing? It's hard for me not to conclude it's a political uh, hit job. And this is a woman who campaigned for office saying that, promising she was going to go after Trump, which I think is a, a tremendous abuse of office to go head hunting and targeting individuals. So I think she was targeting Trump. And this is after three years, a civil lawsuit. The gist of which is that when the Trump organization borrowed money, Trump personally guaranteed those loans. And to support that, she's claiming that he inflated his assets on his financial statements.
0: All right, folks. It goes on like that for a while, it, folks. I, it reminds me of the the famous saying um, uh, in the Roman times: "Don't don't don't quote laws to men's with swords." Um, there you go, right there. I mean, he's not even quoting laws to men's with swords. I mean, he's he's basically just you know uh, just asking you know just you do it do it quick, please. So anyway, um, folks, here's Letitia James, and this is again what the Democrat Party has become and what our nation has become. It's all a show trial. We're going to get to the show trial in the House that's going on with the banks. Okay, but that's what we are now. This sells. And folks, this sells up and down the chain everywhere. Don't think it doesn't sell. Right. Why do you think the 11th Circuit narrow narrowed Cannon's ruling last night? Right. Because it sells Two Trump judges, three judges, two of them Trump judges. Even they were like, yeah, we're going to let the the, the defense or the, the Department of Justice continue with investigating these documents. Okay, again, now the left is making that to be a huge deal. It wasn't a big deal. Right. I mean, it was and it wasn't. Right. But what they basically said was fairly narrow. But again, it just goes to show you they violated the Fourth Amendment. They take unprecedented action. And then the waskily Republicans. why they just go, well, I mean, we, we got to be calm. And I, I, I think this might be an abuse of a uh, of power there. And, you know, it, really, you think? I mean, I, I, anyway, here's Letitia James.
1: And the Trump organization repeatedly and persistently manipulated the value of assets to induce banks to lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms than would otherwise have been available to the company, to pay lower taxes, to satisfy continuing loan agreements, and to induce insurance companies to provide insurance coverage for higher limits and at lower premiums. This conduct was all in violation of executive law, Section 63.
0: Twelve. All right, Now folks, I, I used to do this when I had an hour. I would go pull the New York law, but I don't need to, right? I really don't. The New York law she's quoting is so vague that it ought to be struck from the books, right? It, basically, if you can go after for what is... As suddenly, so just explain to you how it would work. And again, the, the, these people are so off the rails. We have gotten to the point now where you're doing things that are so unconstitutional, so against the rule of the law. You don't even need to go look it up to know that it's nonsense. Okay. First and foremost, if he complained with tax people, I do it every time. Every three years, they come out with a new tax uh, evaluation for my house. I go challenge it. There's nothing wrong with doing that, folks nothing at all. Now, if I go somewhere and I apply for credit, do I use the valuation that my county said? No. I say it's much higher because I say, well, so-and-so's house and so-and-so's house sold. I think it's worth a lot more. There's nothing illegal about that. It's a third-party transaction. If the people that say, hey, I've looked at the valuation of the Great American Mail and I've decided I'm going to give him this $50,000 loan, there's no crime there. There, It's an arm-length transaction. Now, if they want to later say, hey, I'm going to pull your credit back, or I want to take a civil suit against you because I don't like, you know, you, you duped me into this, and now I don't, you don't have enough to pay the 50000 and I didn't get sufficient uh, collateral. That's fine. But she's basically just talking about sharp dealing. That's what it's called, which you when you learn when I started practicing law in 1997. They used to call that sharp dealing, which means, sure, I'm taking advantage of every, you know, uh, system I can. That's not illegal. But again, there's no, folks, what is illegal now is if they don't like you. And again, folks, there's there's constitutional laws against bills of attainder and things like that, and this is exactly what they're doing. It's it's, it's not even unclear. And here's the sad part. It, they're getting away with it. She's famous. She's going to get reelected by wide margins, and she's going to get a lot of money in because there are people like, yeah, yeah, Trump, evil, bad. And let's say it's 40%, 45%. Let's say it's 51 or whatever Biden got. Let's say every 52% of those people are like, yay, you don't think they ain't coming after you after they got Trump? You think maybe uh, you didn't put, you know, apply for a credit card apply for a loan here or, or someday when you were getting your house, you didn't say, oh, you know, I, I got this or I got that and it's worth a little bit more. I mean, come on, folks. Th- th- this is the kind of thing that Americans used to uniformly understand a couple of principles. And one of them is, right, the most important one is they can do it to him, they can do it to me. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to let you do it to him because you might do it to me. Now they've gotten, and again, this is by design, they're so eaten up with rage They don't see it, and they're going to see it too late. So, um, folks, this is what's going on in the House. I've been waiting to talk about this. This is really what I love to talk about. This is what I really enjoy. It really does. It just warms my heart to see this, okay? So while Letitia James is Trump, 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 and the document and the Mar-a-Lago raid and all this stuff, right, all designed to earn money, to raise money for these people, real governance is going on, y'all. It is. I see it all the time. Real governance is going on. And the real governance is going on don't make it into the news, or barely. So you don't see it much. But this is Al Green, okay? A bunch of bank officials. They do it ever since they've had the House now. They've had the House, it's about the fourth year. Praise God, they don't keep it. But this is what they do when they control the committees. They bring these bank people in. And I'm talking every major bank here. And there's a couple problems, which you're going to hear, about what's going on here. But first and foremost, I want you to understand, this problem has gotten I mean, extremely worse since 2008. What happened in 2008? Well, we bailed out a bunch of banks. They got more and more in the public till. These banks all should have been allowed to fail if they should have failed. And, and, and we, we would not have these big, huge, too big to fail banks. And the reason for that is this. Now they're a lot bigger than they ever were. So if they're inefficient and they're dragging our resources, they're going to drag a lot more of them down. Let me put it this way. If the big banks represented, say, 20 percent of all the banking in the country in 2008, they now represent 45 percent, which means if they're in bed with the Democrats and they're doing the green energy nonsense, right, they're ta- they're, it's 45 percent dragging you off a cliff, not 20 percent or 45 pounds, not 20 pounds. When it gets to be about 150 pounds and you throw that, that uh, bowling ball off the cliff, you ain't staying. You're going off that cliff. And that's the difference. Anyway, here's uh, uh, Al Green talking to these bankers. And take a listen to this. This is just outright lunacy. But this is the majority party. This is what they're doing with their power.
3: If
1: you believe your bank has done enough to atone for your involvement with slavery, kindly raise a hand into the air. Let the record reflect that no hand has been raised. Next question, will you publicly... Will you publicly publish an atonement plan or on or before your next appearance before the committee?
0: Now, before they answer that, folks, you heard him. Slavery. These are United States banks. We're in the United States Congress. When was the last time you saw any slavery? I mean, seriously, folks, have they done enough to stop slavery? What, what, what is he out of his mind? Slavery has been gone in this country since a- April 1865 when Lee surrendered to grant at Appomattox what's he talking about and uh, atone who who's gonna atone General Lee long dead Grant's long dead right all those boys gone I, what are you talking about but again folks this is 2022. he brings banks in he doesn't say hey I, and listen folks I, I, I used to sue banks for a living until the laws got so favorable to banks you almost can't do it anymore. Right. But I I, I don't have any uh, warm part in my heart for banks. Right. I know they're out there trying to make as much profit as humanly possible and ripping people off left and right. I get it. I'm not saying I feel sorry for the banks, but at least get in there and talk about, hey, why do credit card rates need to be 18, 19, 20 percent? I mean, I don't pay credit card interest to pay them off every month. But there was a time when I had balances on credit cards. I remember that. Right. I mean, that's a lot of money. And this is happening to American after American after American. And what does he talk about? Slavery. But again, folks, that's the system we're in. And again, what problem is not getting solved while he's up there uh, talking about slavery? And again, you know why, and again, this is the other thing. Folks, if you think this doesn't poll well. You, trust me. It wouldn't have a few years ago, but um, it does now. So folks, I've been making this point a lot, but now let's get back to a little bit of Trump rage story again. They're just, folks, they are trying to curtail the presidency. They want the deep state like Billy Barr over there. They're going to control the presidency. You're no longer, the American people are no longer going to be able to send our executive there and control one branch. That person is going to be hammed in with with less power. And it's going more and more to the deep state people. But I, I've made this point before, but this is somebody here on Twitter that put this out there. Very good point. Letter services of Obama Foundation admitting in 2018 they keep classified documents and unsecured storage at a furniture warehouse. If you pull the story up, here it is right here, okay? Hoffman Estates is a Chicago area location containing an abandoned furniture store and warehouse. The Obama Foundation leased and then re-upped the lease to, to, uh, to use the facility to store all the papers documents of the Obama administration. This is a long story. Those of us that are political nerds, which you know I am, we all kept up with it at the time. And NARA, same NARA, that sicked the DOJ on Trump. Same one, same, well, a different person was running it then, but it's the same... uh, same entity. Okay, they sent and they they got into an argument with Obama. First, Obama said, "Well, you know, um, I'm going to upload all 33,000 of these documents digitally," and then he didn't do it, and so they kind of got into a dispute. And they they have worked it out. I'm going to read a moment, okay, from the letter that was exchanged between the parties. Okay, that is now in the public sphere. But before I do that, I want you to understand this is not an uncommon practice. The Presidential Records Act was passed, I think, in 1978. It might have been 73. It doesn't matter. It was in the 70s, right? And they, they basically wanted to try to get control of the documents of the presidency. The problem is the presidency is an entirely separate branch of government. So there's this tension there. So they walk a tight line with the uh, Presidential Records Act. One of the tight lines that they walk is they make a, any crime, quote-unquote, or any uh, penalty, quote-unquote, is civil. And none of them include jail time or anything, right? It's civil. In other words, the only remedy I can get is we get the documents or you have to do certain things that you want us to do. And they, they did that specifically to not have to face down the idea that the um, the executive, Obama- Bush, Trump, just says, hey, screw you, I'm not doing it, and uh, go ahead and see what the Constitution says about this. And the Supreme Court would for- be forced to side with the President, and we wouldn't get any of these documents, okay? But anyway, that's the basic gist, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change all that because it's Trump. Now, again, these people are insane. They don't see the end of the rainbow. They don't see where it's going. I do. You do. They don't. All right, let me hike this up a little bit so you can see a little bit better. I need to read it. Anyway, so here's the critical language here. The Obama Foundation agrees to transfer up to $3,300,000 to the National Archives Trust Fund to support the move of classified—you heard me—classified and unclassified Obama presidential records and artifacts from Hoffman Estates to to NARA-controlled facilities that conform to the agency's archive storage standards for such records and artifacts— for the modification of such spaces. Basically, they got into a dispute, right? And eventually Obama said, I tell you what, I'll give you some money. You can then transfer them to this space that you that you, that you you have some control over and it meets with your standards, okay? Nobody got raided. Nobody argued about classified and unclassified documents. You don't see anybody at NARA jumping up and down. They freely admit, right, that there are classified and unclassified documents in there. And that's the reason is because that's the president, right? And he can take whatever he wants. Anyway, um, I just wanted to cover that real quick. So it turns out Cheney and some other um, uh, Republicrats, I call them that because they're, they're really just Democrats in Republican clothing. They have somehow got the House to pass a um, a. a revision of the electoral count act of 1887 we used to talk about the electoral count act of 1887 a lot in the show but basically for those of you that are new basically the electoral count act of 1887 was based on the 12th amendment it basically provides for a certain procedure for you to go and challenge the certification of the uh uh incoming president okay there's a whole procedure in there long and short of it is you bring the electoral votes up of each state in alphabetical order if you have both a congressperson and a senator to object, then there has to be debate in both houses, and you know, the pre- the vice president is the presiding officer. We've talked about it a lot. They want to basically make it much harder. I forget what it is. I read the the bill like a couple of months ago, and basically that you need to get like 20 senators and, you know, 40 or 50 House members. I mean, it's going to basically be impossible to do it, right? And again, the fact that they're doing this puts the lie to what they claim, Right. In other words, they want they want it to be that the presidential vote, and by they, I mean the Democrat-Communists, they want it to be whoever the AP declares won the um, popular vote is the president. And that's it, and that's all. Okay, once the AP... You know, or, or ABC or ABC declares that that's the end of that, right? That's not the, what the Constitution says. The Constitution has an elaborate process for doing all that. You know why it has it? Because it is, a pre- is it, it is not an election popular vote for the president of the United States. It is a, it a vote of the states for the president of the states, Right. The United States are having a presidential election to determine who shall be the president of the United States. And therefore, when you go in there, there's various processes where I can object to what Texas did or I can object to what Alabama did or whatever. And and, and that's the states. That's what you would expect. If one state doesn't like the way the other state is conducting election, they they can raise an election. They can get enough people. Right. Enough of the other states to go. Yeah. You know what? Uh, Pennsylvania can't say uh, it's supposed to be. the Legislature says how you vote up there. You can't just have the, the uh, governor decide people vote by mail. You can't have that. Right. That's how it works. Now, in the Trump era, that's not how it works. But I thought this was fun. So anyway, this is um anyway. Um, these keep talking about tax to a democracy and tax to democracy and all this stuff. Well, here is Representative Jim Govern, who's now a chairman in the House. Here he is in 2016. You'll, you'll recognize this voice at the end. Take a listen to the voice in here. You're going to recognize. You should know who it is, but you know who it is. It was the vice president at the time. Anyway, here he is raising and making an objection under the system that they now call an insurrection.
3: But for the of the gentleman from Massachusetts, rise.
2: Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama on the grounds that the electoral votes were not, under all of the known circumstances, regularly given, and that the electors were not lawfully certified, especially uh, given the confirmed and illegal activities engaged by the government of Russia uh, designed to interfere with our election, and the widespread violations of the Voting Rights Act that unlawfully suppress thousands of votes in the state of Alabama. Made
3: it Section 15 and 17 of Title 3 of the United States Code require that any objection. That's
0: Joe Biden there, as the President of the Senate, hearing an objection to the Alabama vote. You heard the objection; it's not well-founded, as he's getting ready to tell you because he doesn't have a senator, and it uh, doesn't go anywhere. Nobody said nothing about an insurrection. Nobody said nothing about a coup. All right, back to the House Banking Committee. This is uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib. And again, just like Al Green, these minorities, they think it's all about them. They're not there to do anything anymore. I mean, I guess it's good work if you can get it, but they're not there to do anything constructive, right? Here's what um, Rashida Tlaib thinks is important for her to ask all the big banks when they come forward. To the house and to figure out how we can have a better banking system, whether or not their fees are too high, whether or not they should be able to charge for checks, whether or not they should have more branches, less branches, etc. Take a look what she's concerned about.
2: You have all committed, as you all know, uh, to transition the emissions from lending and investment activities to line with pathways to net zero in 2050. Do You know uh, what the International Energy Energy um, Agency has said is required to meet our goal global 2050 net. Targets of limiting global temperature rise to 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius.
0: So no. no. Now, for a couple things here. I want you to understand. They've already agreed that by 2050 we're going to be done with fossil fuel. Okay, that's it. Now, what do you think is going to cause? That's going to happen to the cost of energy as you as you do that, especially that quickly. It's going to go up. That's called inflation. I want another thing here. She's sitting in her office. She ain't there on the House floor at all. She's not there. She's in her office and that's fine, I guess, but I don't know why these people can't be bothered. COVID's done, lady. You can get out of there, go down, sit in front of people and be, give them the courtesy of being there. If you're going to interrogate them, but not her anyway, she continues because it's not good enough for her, the commitment to 2050, which is already going to eat into your pocketbook. Like you don't believe, but it gets worse. Listen,
2: also feel production starting today. That's, so that's like zero. So I would like to ask all of you, you and go down the list again you all have agreed to doing this please answer with a simple yes or no does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products mr diamond
3: absolutely not and that would be the road to hell for america
2: yeah that's fine that's fine, sir you know what everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re- re- take out their account and close their account the fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt extreme debt because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it.
0: All right. Now, folks, again, there's a lot to unpack there. But, I mean, did you notice, and and, and just a simple yes or no, simple yes or no. Lady, when did it become, and again, I, I can tell you when. When Democrats could control, and not not just Democrats generally, I'm talking about these, this iteration of Democrats, the post-Obama Democrats, okay, the people that aren't interested in anything other than show trials, and that is a show trial, that's what it is, right, you, you're supposed to come in and give testimony, ask questions, get information, right, have a policy debate, and no policy debate. Will you do what I think needs to be done as a person in Congress who knows nothing about energy, who knows nothing about banking? Will you commit to doing this? Yes or no? Oh, I don't like the answer. I'm going to say to my people who I gave a bunch of money to illegally that they should remove money from your bank. Think about that, folks. That's America. That's that's not Cuba. That's not Russia. That's America. And again, this is also America. This, to me, is one of the biggest stories of the day. In fact, I may do it as the biggest story of the day at 530 today. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, anyway, amendments by acclamation. Democrats moved to simply declare the Equal Rights Amendment as ratified. Short story of this one is it takes two-thirds of the states, or actually maybe three-quarters, doesn't matter, whatever it is it is, takes a certain number of states to ratify an amendment. The Equal Rights Amendment fell one short, okay? It just did. And the way it works is it goes out for ratification normally have 25 years. They set a a certain time limit on it and it didn't didn't make it within that certain time. Well, Democrats now don't care about reality. So a few years ago, the Virginia Democrat delegation decided they were going to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. And they did. And then they tried to say, well, we ratified it. And eventually, I don't know if you remember this, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that Ruth, Ruth, Ruth came along. She said, no, that's that's not the way any of this works. Right. You didn't do it in time. You know, you need to go out if you want to fight for women's rights, figure another way to do it. But this is not a a productive way. Well, they weren't done as per usual. Okay, so this is from Jonathan Turley. Madison, Jefferson, Adams, Franklin, the names of great constitutional figures are etched in the minds of every uh, child, school child. But soon, if Democrats in Congress have their way, they will add one more. David Ferriero. David Ferriero, you ask, he is the 10th archivist of the United States. He also may be the man who unilaterally declares the long-dead Equal Rights Amendment not just alive, but now part of the Constitution. Democrat leaders like uh, Carolyn Maloney, of New York, chair of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, want Ferriero to simply publish the e- in the ERA in the Federal Register as a ratified amendment. It isn't, of course. However, these Democrats insist that a unilateral decision from here declaring it ratified would mean it is ratified. At least in some so courts say otherwise, and they are calling on President Biden to support this dubious move towards amendments by archival acclamation. Now, folks, this shouldn't surprise you. It did. I mean, I, I, I feel bad. It didn't surprise me when I read it because this is literal insanity. You understand, we have an amendment process. The bill that went out to the states, you had to get a certain number of states in a certain amount of time. No one disputes. No one. They're not coming in going, oh, no, 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 Virginia really did in time because there was like a, a savings clause or you don't count this or, you know, the calendar is different. They're not making any argument about that. They're just going, just this guy should declare it, it was passed. That, but that's what they literally believe. You see it all the time. That's why Biden, Joe Biden, without any law or anything, can just wave his wand and, and student loan debt is, is, is forgiven. Now, if you're a student debt or if you're a student paying for student debt, you know, maybe you think that's a good idea. But that's what this is. That's what the kind of tyranny they believe in. There's no rule of law. There's no procedure you go through. You just convince somebody to do it and it's done. I mean, that should scare the heck out of a lot of people, but it doesn't. So, um, folks, one of the things that, that I say this all the time is. Um, Democrats just don't really believe in a lot of things, okay? And one of them is debate, and they haven't for a long time. And the main reason they don't believe in debate is they can't win them, right? And I, I grew up with people like this that that have the sort of leftist mentality. And these type of people, they don't want the truth. They 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 despise the truth. Reality is what they what they think it is, what they want it to be. Okay, and you know, unfortunately for us, most of the time in America, you couldn't do that. You could you had to go through a whole process, and reality would almost always win, right? Okay. Um, but now a lot of these people have a lot of control, got a lot of power. And once they get in there, there's no way to logic with these people. There's no way to reason with these people. You can't. I started the show earlier today. People saying, well, Trump does this. He shouldn't, and they don't understand. It's not Trump. Believe me. If, if Whatever it is, they'll find it, and, they'll, and they'll, they're, they're going to attack the person. There's no reasoning with these people. It's not about reason. So one of the things that they've very successfully done is— we don't deal with you. We we don't interact with you. We don't debate with you. And the reason why is because if you get into a rational debate, they're not going to get their way, and they're going to lose, and they're going to lose pretty quickly. But anyway, here's Don Lemon. A lot of people have been talking about this um, for a different reason, but uh, take a listen to Don Lemon. And if you're watching it on Twitter, later Rumble, by the way, uh, thanks for the a lot of the rumbles we've been getting lately. Please keep that up. It will help us a lot. And um, here's Don Lemon. I, if you're watching it, just his face is just priceless. Take a listen.
3: Well, this is coming when, you know, this, all of this wealth, and you hear about it, comes as England is facing rising cost of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts, and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back, and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are...
0: Now, I'm going to let her continue because it's well worth, uh, and I want you to see Lemon's face at the end. (laughs) But before I do that, folks, this is not an accident. This clip from Don Lemon is about four or five days old. Okay. The Al Green clip is yesterday or the day before. All right. Why are they talking about slavery? What are you talking about? At Le- least lemons, at least now bring it to reparations. Again, this is the kind of thing you'd be like, we got real problems here, but the Democrats don't. All their problems are in their mind; they create them. They're out there going after phantom slavery and phantom Trump. It's just it, anyway. She continues.
1: Thousand naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive
0: something too, I think, at the same time.
3: It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very anyway,
0: much. Anyway, if you see Lemon's face, I mean, he literally is a deer in headlights. I mean, I'm not kidding you. He has no idea. And the reason is, that's the first time he's ever heard any of that. He's not capable of of dealing with rational thought and dealing with new information. It's a hive mind, right? And so he he just moves on, okay? And again, folks, that's why they've got this whole culture. That's why they do these things, right? And because they know they can't stand up to any rational debate. And again, used to be you couldn't get away with that. Like used to be when you got what we've got now, you know, sending money over to Ukraine, sending money over to Taiwan, inflation, making us convert to all this green energy. But Right now, folks, that green energy is just starting, but it's going to roll like a snowball. It's eventually become an avalanche. Well, you have to start plugging in everywhere. People, I mean, I don't know how they don't see it coming. But anyway, so here's a a Harvard professor, uh, Larry Tribe. He goes on MSNBC. You and I are going to listen to this at the same time. Uh, Lawrence Tribe predicts whether Attorney Garden Miller will indict Trump. Let's listen to it together in real time, and I'm going to debunk it. Um, He will indict Trump, but it's not for the reason that Tribe is going to say. I don't even know what he's going to say yet, but let's do it. Ready, go.
3: Developments of the day uh, in in the Trump case, and what will ultimately be Merrick Garland's view of this case. Well, it seems to me that the developments of the day were all designed to make clear that the rule of law that Merrick Garland so thoughtfully spoke about when he was in producing new citizens to the United States of America, that the rule of law is going to prevail. A split screen would have shown that almost at the same time that Merrick Garland was giving that speech praising the rule of law, Donald Trump was addressing a rally, and he was embracing QAnon, and he was saying in no uncertain terms that if they come after me, then there's going to be hell to pay. There will be violence. There will be terrible problems. And he's speaking to a crowd that is giving what looks frighteningly like a Nazi salute. They're raising their hands with one finger, cheering this monstrous speech. It seems to me that what happened in the courtroom today was what happens when grown ups take over. You Andrew Weissman compared it to the feeling that an astronaut might have on returning.
0: Okay, folks, I, again, I, we listened to it together. I, I, you know, it goes on for about seven minutes. I mean, folks, if, if you think that's the rule of law, I mean, first off, Merrick Garland's opinion, I couldn't care less about. It's the rule of law. He needs to apply the law, right, on whether he can be indicted. Uh, Garland's speech to immigrants, hands in the, what are you talking about? There's nothing criminal. I haven't heard anything yet. Not, not a statute, not a single solitary thing, folks. And that person is on MSNBC, Lawrence Tribe. He has trained all these people, and that's what they believe. What they believe the rule of law is platitudinal nonsense that if you put your finger in the air, like the number one sign that I see every week in the NFL, you're a Nazi salute. I mean, folks, this is dangerous, dangerous stuff. I can't emphasize enough how dangerous it is. I don't normally do the social stuff, but I got a minute. So here is the woman at the, I think, the Vanderbilt Hospital talking about, apparently these are surgeries that transgenders do um, for the top. Anyway, here's her describing basically removing the breasts of young women so they, I guess, look more like a boy. Anyway, here you go. In January 1st of
2: 2017, according to the Affordable Care Act. Insurance carriers are mandated to cover medical expenses for trans. Um,
0: you heard her under the Affordable Care Act, you're now mandated to cover this. Mandated.
2: Some of our BUMC financial folks in, 20, in August of 20, or October of 2016, sorry, a couple of years ago, put down some costs of how much money we think each patient would bring in. And this is only including top surgery. This isn't including any bottom surgery. And um, it's a lot of money. These surgeries make a lot of money. Um, so female to male, chest reconstruction, can bring in forty thousand uh, dollars. a patient just on
0: routine hormone treatment who I'm only seeing a few times a year can bring in several thousand dollars so that requires a lot of visits. All right, I, I, <clears throat> as children folks, and, and she's not even not even batting an eye It's all about the money. ACA mandates that, folks. That's uh that's leftist government for you. Um anyway, uh you are now all caught up to date of the news of the day. And if you like this live stream, I hope you tune back in tomorrow.